Hello, and thank you for tuning in to the Redemption HD podcast. We hope that this episode blesses you, that it encourages you. If you want to know more about Redemption High Desert, you could visit our website at redemptionhighdesert.com. Also, follow us on all social media platforms at Redemption760. Here we go, live from Redemption HD. Let's turn to Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2. Um, it's been amazing. Me and Teresa were talking about it Friday. That in the midst of all this craziness, and we, we do feel it's necessary for us to kind of take some time and spread out you know, services and all that, God has been moving here at Redemption. Amen. He's been moving here, doing some things, stirring our hearts. The fire is being stirred in us, and we've seen that the last couple weeks. And so that's why for us, it didn't make sense to just say, hey, we're going online only because God was doing something, and we didn't want to put a hold on that. We didn't want to put a pause on the hand of God in this moment. And so uh, God has been stirring up our hearts. I mean, last Sunday, who was here last Sunday? Right? Man. It was, it was, I mean, I went home. And watch the service again. And all right, I'm like, man, I preached it, but I wanted to watch it again. I was like shouting amen, whoever that preacher guy was. I was like, yeah, yeah, you know. You know, then Aelia rewatched it, and then Daniel texted me, and he, I think he was watching it again or something. I mean, we, we all were just moved by what God did last Sunday. And then on Wednesday, we had our Bible study and, uh, you know, Second Chronicles chapter 20, and it just completely wrecked us all over again. And uh, if you guys, I told all the the up-and-coming preachers, if you want a message message to preach, Second Chronicles chapter 20 is easy. It is easy to preach that. If you can't preach that sermon right there, because there's just so much meat in it, so much good stuff in that, that scripture. And so God is definitely doing something, um, and we're just kind of blown away by, by that. Uh, let's go ahead and read. If you guys are all in Luke chapter 2, let's start in verse number 1. And I'm going to show you how God has been just tying everything together over the last couple of weeks. And we haven't, none of this stuff is planned. None of, the way that we do our sermons, guys, we're very spirit-led, okay, in, in our messages. Sometimes God will say, I'm going to have you preach this for a month or, or six weeks. But most of the time throughout the week, I just listen. I just say, okay, God, what do you want to say on Sunday? And that's how he gives me my sermons. I don't have, you know, I don't have any other method but this. I just go, okay, what do you want to do? What do you want to say? And so to see how God has been giving us these messages Sunday after Sunday, it just blows my mind how everything ties together, and then it brings us here to Luke chapter 2. So let's go ahead and read verse 1. It says, And it came to pass in those days that a, that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This census first took place while Quirinius, Quirinius was governing Syria. So all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. So this, this is, isn't part of my sermon, but it's a good point to make, is that at this time what they're doing is they're, they're doing this census or they're, they're also using it as an opportunity to tax people. So people were coming in to register, right, register your families, make sure that they know, you know, they, they kept good track of, of um, you know, the tribes, which tribe they were from, where they lived, all of these things, but the Romans took an opportunity to tax people. So here is this heavy hand uh, of, of government, in a sense, but God still birthed something, right? 
this heavy hand of government that was saying, hey, you got to pay. Th-. I mean, the people were like, man, this come on, you know, but in that God still birthed something. And again, this isn't part of my sermon, but I just want you to see that this is what God does. Regardless of what we've been going through this year, God can still birth some things. Amen. Regardless of what we feel is is happening around us, we see here that Jesus was born in a moment where there was a heavy hand of control trying to to do what it pleased with people. Amen. Let's keep reading. Verse 4, it says, Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David. We talked about last week the tribe of Judah is the lineage of royalty. Amen. David was from that tribe. Joseph was from that tribe, which brought Jesus into that picture as well. Verse 5 says, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who is with child. So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. Something's about to give birth. Stacy, Jessica, we talked about this last week. Something is being birthed. And it's funny because we had that conversation after everybody left on Sunday. We we're talking about there's a birthing taking place. And Stacey even have, had this prophetic vision, almost like a water breaking for a woman in pregnancy. God is birthing something in this moment. Amen. Look at, read this again, and, and Stacey and Jessica, this is a prophetic statement. It says, it says, so it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. It's delivery time. Come on now. Uh, verse 7 says, and she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for, for them in the inn. Now there were in the same country shepherds living on the, out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. So it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds heard, uh, the, shepherd, the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe laying in the manger. Now when they had seen him, they widely made known the saying which was told to them concerning the child. And all those who heard it marveled at these things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all things and pondered them in her heart. Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told to them. Let's pray. God, I just thank you for this morning. I thank you for your faithfulness. Lord, we celebrate the birth, your birth, Jesus. We celebrate it every day. God, for us, every day is Christmas. Every day is Easter, God. We celebrate your birth, your life, your crucifixion, your resurrection, your ascension every day. Let our life reflect who you are, Lord. Let our life bring you glory. Because you are worthy to be praised. Holy Spirit, be our teacher this morning. Guide us, lead us. Do what you want to do in us, through us, and around us. In Jesus' name we pray. 
Amen. There's two perspectives I want to give you guys today, two perspectives I want you to take home with you, okay? I want you guys to say this. Say, for me. For me. Now say, for them. For me. For them. For me. For them. Daniel, get on the drums. We're going to kick a beat. For me. For them. For me. For them. For me. For them. I'm going to give you two perspectives today. I want you to see this story, and I want you to see how this is for you, but I also want you to see how it's for others. Amen? Uh, We're going to kind of backtrack a little bit here, and uh, let's go to verse 15. It says, So it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go to Bethlehem and see. Here's what you have to understand about Jesus, is that you cannot just hear about him. Okay, you guys, you can't just come Sunday after Sunday and just have me preach to you. It's not going to help you. It's not going to help your faith. It's not going to help you mature in the Lord. Coming to just hear is only half of it. You have to go and see yourself. Okay, you have to put your faith in motion and lead you into the prayer closet. Right? Or your prayer couch or your prayer kitchen table. Wherever it is that you meet with the Lord, you have to have a faith that not only hears the word, but also goes to see the word. We can't just hear this story about Jesus and then do nothing with it until we come back next Sunday. But we have to go and see him for ourselves. Amen? It says, let us now go to Bethlehem and see the things that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. Verse 16, and they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe uh, laying in the manger. Now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told to them. So they saw and they told, right? For me, for them. They saw Jesus for themselves, but they preached the testimony of who he was for others. For me, for them. We're here for ourselves, right? We all need a word. We all need Jesus. We all need that, the, uh, the, li- the living water. We need to hear the word of God for us, right? We all need it. But we should also allow God to use that seed to bring forth fruit so that when we go into the world, we're also pointing people to Jesus. For me, for them, right? The shepherds had to go see. They wanted a revelation for themselves, but it says here that they made widely known the saying that was told to them. So they had a revelation for them, but they wanted to give a revelation to others. Amen? For me, for them. Let's go back here to verse 10. And this is where we're going to park today. It says, Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. 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 Don't be afraid. Don't fear. Don't worry. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. This is a constant theme that we've seen over the last couple weeks, right? Judges chapter 1, Deuteronomy chapter 20, uh, 2 Chronicles chapter 20, we saw this a, a, a consistent, a constant theme that whenever the Lord was about to lead them into the battle, whenever the Lord was about to do something, he always quoted this, don't be afraid. This is what looking at Jesus does, okay? When you're gazing upon the Lord, when you have your eyes, your heart set on him, he settles the fear that you might have. You have a fear of your finances, look at Jesus, You have a fear about relationships, look at Jesus. 
You have a fear about the coronavirus? Look at Jesus. The current state of our nation and world and all the things that's happening, this is why we look at Jesus. Why? Because he looks back at us and says, do not be afraid. See, we haven't been given the spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. Fear disables. This is something I constantly tell you guys. Fear disables and faith empowers. Fear disables you. When you're afraid, you're disabled. You feel like you can't do something because of something or someone, right? You can't move forward. You can't, you know, go here. You can't go there. There's fear. But faith empowers you, empowers you to walk out in wisdom, to walk out in faith, to walk out in obedience to the things that God is leading you to do. So don't be afraid, guys. Don't be afraid. This is what the angel told the shepherds. Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy. The, the word good tidings is the word yangelizo. It's where we get the word evangelist or evangelize. So these guys were evangelizing. They were sharing the good news. They were preaching the gospel in a sense. Okay, The angels were bringing good tidings, good news. Don't be afraid. Look at Jesus. And let him take away all your fear. And while he takes away your fear, receive good news. This is why we don't preach bad news. We preach good news. Because we have, we're looking at Jesus. You know, everybody wants to talk about bad news? Let me tell you about all the good news. This is where we've settled our heart over this season. Our heart is this. is Yeah, yeah things are kind of crazy right now. But you're not going to hear me talking about it all the time. Because I'm talking about the good news. The good news and what's happening is... Don't be afraid. Amen? Don't be afraid. There is good tidings of great joy. Great joy. Joy, unspeakable joy. I love that part of that song, huh? It's so cool. There's joy that comes with Jesus, with the good news. This is the joy that, that is, it's not, it's not being happy. You know, joy is not being happy. When you're happy, this is, uh, this depends on circumstance, right? Um, you know, I got uh, a promotion, made me happy, okay? My wife made my fa favorite dinner, made me happy, right? Chargers win, I got really happy, <laughs> right? Oh, wow, who's, oh, come on, brother, oh, no, oh, no. See, that didn't make him happy, though, all right? Didn't make him Happiness is, is based on circumstance, right? You're happy because of things. Joy is something that sustains, okay? Joy sustains. That means that no matter what you go through, when you have joy, that can't be controlled by what you're facing. That's why the kingdom of heaven is not eating or drinking, but it's righteousness, right? Which, again, our righteousness is not based on our good works. Our righteousness is based on what Jesus has done, right? We are the righteousness of Christ, right? So we have righteousness, we have peace. Jesus said, my peace I give to you, my peace I leave to you. Not as this world gives, right? So there, peace and joy. These three things are not controlled by circumstance. The kingdom of heaven is given to us because we are heirs of salvation, right? We, we have been brought into an inheritance, and so we receive righteousness, peace, and joy as a gift from God. And these things don't ever fade, ever go away, ever diminish. These things sustain at all times. Righteousness, peace, and joy. In, in here, let me just mess with your 
religious mind and heart, you are all righteous. All of you. You're all righteous in the eyes of God. Nothing that you do can change your righteousness in the eyes of God. You guys know that, right? You guys know that when, when, when the Father looks at us, he sees the blood of Jesus, which has made us white as snow. So we're righteous. That doesn't mean that we go live unrighteously, but we're righteous in, in his sight. Peace, right? In a storm, in the midst of a storm, all this chaos could be going on, but Jesus can speak to the storm and bring peace. One of my favorite sermons I preached this year, it was, it was man, the Lord really wrecked me, is in the beginning where I talked about Jesus being on the boat with the disciples. And the boat was about, you know, going all crazy. There was a storm, and the disciples came to Jesus, and they're like, how are you sleeping right now? And he gets out, he's like, he's probably got like one eye, like, man, you guys wake me up for real. He's like, all right, just storm stop, right? And he went back to bed. And what I touched on is how in the beginning in Genesis, it said that the Spirit of God hovered above the waters, and that Jesus has always ruled above the storm. He's always ruled above the waves, always ruled above the water. He has always been peace, and he's always been joy. When Jesus was on his way to the cross, when they were beating him, on his way to the cross, it says that there was a joy that was set before him. What motivated him to go to the cross was there was a joy in him. His circumstance would have, it, would have, it should have changed all that, right? He's getting beat, all this stuff. But because it wasn't happiness, it was joy. He was, he was sustained in that all the way to the cross. Righteousness, peace, and joy, guys, is what we have as believers and followers of Christ. So when the angels came here to these shepherds, they said, hey, let me tell you what you are about to receive. Let me tell you who Jesus is. Let me tell you what is happening in this very moment right now. I am bringing you good news. I'm telling you good things, that there is a great joy that is coming to you. And again, we don't just celebrate Christmas in December and no matter, you know, depending on who you talk to, you, Jesus was born in March and you know, all these, I mean, we have all the, there's all these, you know what, we celebrate Christmas every day. Every day, because every day there is good news available for us. Every day there is great joy available for us. And every day we don't have to walk in fear. Don't be afraid. There's good news, great joy. And it says what? Which will be to who? All people. All people. All people. All people. Right? The good news is for all people. Black, white, brown, young, old. Right? Democrat, Republican, American, Mexican, Canadian. This is, we're all people. The gospel is for all people. All people. This is so good to, to embrace because it gives us all this, this sense of humility. When we can understand that the gospel is for all, it doesn't make us feel that we're elevated above anybody. Right? If the gospel is for me and the gospel is for my neighbor down the street, then that means that God views us the same. If the gospel is for the man on the streets and the man in the mansion and the gospel is the same, God's love is the same, then it keeps me humble because we know that it's not based on what we have or what we do. It's based on who he is. The gospel is for all people. All people. All people. 
And this is the presentation that we have to have with the gospel, is that the gospel isn't just for a group. It's not just for a specific person. It is not just for a specific nation. It is for the world. The gospel is for all people. And we talked about this in Matthew uh, chapter 9 a couple weeks ago, that Jesus went into all cities, all villages, right? Healing the sick, uh, preaching the gospel to everyone. This is, this is the heart of the Father, is that he's not trying to leave anyone out. He's not trying to leave anyone out. For me, for them, right? If God didn't leave me out, and I was a mess, I was a mess. I'll show you some old Christmas photos when I was out there. Man, woo-wee, that eggnog was, little my eggnog, you know what I'm saying? A little love my eggnog. I can show you some Christmas photos, and man, I, man, I look like I got ran over by a reindeer. Where I came from and what God has done in my life, for him to completely take me from being at the lowest of lows, I was at the worst place I'd ever been in my entire life at that point, 2008. For God to take me, turn my life around, right? For him to bring me this, this joy, for him to take away fear, for him to give me all these things, this was the for me. This was for, I, I had this revelation of him. Now I have this so that I can share with them, with you, right? The shepherds had to see for themselves, and then they went and made it known. The angel said, hey, I'm giving you a gospel, but it's not just for you. You, you have all this too, but it's for all people. This is, this is the Christmas story, that Jesus came to the earth for all of us and all of them. And even though we might say us and them, in his eyes, it's just his creation. It's him bringing us back into the family, the original intent that he had for us here on this earth. Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior. Let me, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to close with that. I want to touch on verse 14. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. This is, this is just to stamp what I was saying as far as the gospel for all people, is that glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. When your eyes are on God, and you've set your eyes on things above, when you're setting your eyes on the glory of God, your perspective towards the earth is peace and good intentions for people. Let me say that again. Read this, and let me tell you. Verse 14, glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. When your eyes are on Jesus, your perspective towards the earth is peace and good intentions towards people. So when people don't want peace, and when people have bad intentions towards others, that shows us that they don't have their eyes on God. They don't have their eyes on the glory of the Lord. And that's why I've been telling you guys, we got to watch what we say, watch what we do, because it will show where we set our eyes. Glory to God in the highest. My eyes are set on things above, right? In Colossians it says, set your eyes on things above, not on things of this earth. It says, and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. This is where you get your perspective for, for earth, is keeping your eyes on the Lord. Amen? That's a side note. It's my own personal commentary. That one was free. Let's go back here to verse 11. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior. A Savior. 
There is a Savior. I'm going to read this to you guys because I've been, I've been teasing you guys with it the last two weeks, and I'm going to tease you some more by only giving you a little bit. Uh, but this is the... Um, this is the prophetic word that Jessica Kuhneman had sent to me and Aeli about two weeks ago that has just kind of wrecked me. And I'm only going to read you part. Sorry, I get a lot of prophetic words, so I'm... I'm Sorry, guys, Jessica's just been on fire lately, so there's, there's a lot of words that I, I've gotten here. I'm, I'm going through, there, here it is, right here. It says, it says this. Oh, this is so good. I'm just going to, can I just read it all to you guys? It says, on Sunday, I saw a flame. Now, this is uh, November 30th. It says, on Sunday, I saw a flame on the wall behind the drums. Today, when I came to pray, she came here the following day. She said, Pastor, I'm going to go to the church and pray. Uh, whenever an intercessor, a prophet, says, I'm going to the church to pray, you tell them, do you want me to bring you lunch? That's what you say. Hey, go, for, go do your thing over there. Uh, it says, um, I could feel the flames all around. It says, I heard the Lord say, my house will be a house of deliverance. I could feel the Lord releasing his angel of fire and deliverance. Something is breaking forth. Something is being birthed. The Lord wants to manifest himself in fire. I believe it's his will to birth deliverers from this house. That is what's shooken me these last couple weeks, is that God is birthing deliverers in this house. But what God told me to do and where we've been the last two weeks is in order for us to be deliverers and have a deliverance ministry, we have to first look at the deliverer. We have to first look at the one who has delivered. And here's the crazy thing, Jessica, when, I, when we see this, and, and this is just, I preach... A Christmas message the Sunday before every Christmas, every year. You can, you guys, it's a guarantee. It's a guarantee that I wear slacks and dress shoes two times a year in this church. It is a guarantee that I've been wearing these same slacks and dress shoes for the last couple of years. Because it's the only time I wear them. Christmas and Easter. Right? Other than that, I'm wearing jeans. I, I, I preach a Christmas message to know that this word that God is stirring in our hearts, that he is birthing deliverers. And look at, let's read this, verse 11. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior. The word Savior means a deliverer. The Lord is telling us that he is birthing deliverers in this house. But he is reminding us and giving us the example by showing us how he came as the deliverer first. We're reading the Christmas story of the birth of a deliverer all while we feel we're in the season where God is birthing deliverers. For me, for them. Jesus came to save me. Now, Lord, what do you want me to do to save them? Jesus, I've heard the gospel. I received your salvation. I feel your presence. I know your word. That's for me. Now that I have it, how do you want me to evangelize? How do you want me to bring good tidings? How do you want me to share this so that they can see it, so they can hear it? 
I, now it's not just for me, but it's also for them. Jesus came for the world, which included us. But there is a world who still doesn't know him. So we can celebrate in here, but let our celebration push us to the place of evangelism. That we would go out and tell somebody that today a Savior is available and born for them so that they don't have to have fear. They can have joy, a great joy, because a deliverer came to save them. This is why we celebrate Christmas, auntie. That we get cookies and stuff. And, right. So probably a couple plates of snacks already today. Which, uh, yeah, there's just <laughs> there's a plate of cookies in the. And you, you know what the Lord? <laughs> this is what the Lord told me the other day. And you know, you know, you're not really supposed to say this kind of stuff because it's you know. But I, I'm a rule breaker. Um, but the Lord tells me the other day, he says, hey, um, I want you to go on a fast. <laughs> I'm like, now? What are you, what are you, now? Like, can we do this after Christmas? Like, it's, Lord, you know it's tamale season, right? You're like, And so I, I've been uh, uh, on a fast for about a week now. Um, and uh, so I can't have the cookies. Hey, those cookies will stay fresh for a week, okay? I did, I did negotiate with the Lord and say, hey, can I at least have cookies on Christmas Day? Can I have so we'll see if he, if he bends there for that day for me. But the, the reason why I feel like the Lord has moved me personally into this place is because of what he's birthing in this house. Is that God is doing something special here. And it's not that we view ourselves highly than anyone else. But we know that we've chosen in this moment to lean into his voice. We know that we've leaned in and said, okay, God, what are you saying? I, I hear the noise. I see the chatter. Well, what are you saying? And I feel like something is being birthed here in this moment. That God is birthing deliverers on fire. And in order for him to truly show us what that looks like, he's showing us that he first is the deliverer on fire. For me, for them, Lord, wreck me. Consume me with your presence and your glory so that my wife and son can feel what you're doing in my life. Overwhelm me so much, God, that I'm such a willing vessel that everywhere that I go, people no longer see me, but they see you. Lord, let my words decrease. Let your words increase. Flow from me like a river, Lord, because there is a world that you came to save that haven't heard this good news. For me, for them. Amen. Eddie, come on up. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Jesus came to die for us like T said. He was, he, he was born to die for us. And when you think about that, and, and you know, we love Christmas, right? We love the gifts and this family time and the tamales again. I'm sorry, I'm going there. Maybe that's why I'm fasting. The Lord's trying to deliver me from my eating habits at times. We enjoy all this, and, and I believe we should, right? I believe that I've, I'm a true believer that God wants and is for family. So I think that the joy of the Lord that we experience isn't just in the house, but it's also in our house. Amen? That God wants us to experience joy everywhere that we go. And so I love the season of Christmas. I love how it feels. I love how it smells. And I love that I get to put my slacks on once. 
a year, right? But when you really look at what's happening in Luke chapter 2, is that this message of the gospel, this message of good news that cancels fear, okay? This message that cancels fear and brings us joy, this message has been brought to us, but also brought to them. And so let's enjoy this time together, but let's also realize that this is a moment where the harvest is ready. And God is leading us out there right now to the world to see a harvest come in. Okay? There is something for us, but there is something for them. Amen? Let's stand to our feet. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast. If you would like more information, please visit us at evargus760.com and also redemptionhighdesert.com.